It might be a day late, but Fizz Nation, we gave you a day to breathe as Syracuse beats Virginia Tech 41 to 36. Welcome into Fizz Final. Cameron is there with Ian Unsworth. I said we gave you a day to breathe. I think, Ian, I think we needed a day to breathe after that last second, or a lot of 20 seconds to go, but pretty much a last second, you know, uh, effort by the Qs to come back and win that game. First thoughts, what do you make of that comeback? Two touchdowns within the final three minutes. Well, every every Saturday, Syracuse is going to have you on pins and needles. This team is going to play a lot of close games, as we've seen already, and we're going to continue to see down the stretch of the ACC. Every single game with Syracuse is going to be three points, seven points, last second drive. Who's got the ball in the final two minutes? That That's going to decide these football games. And it doesn't really matter if they're, 41 to 36, or if they're 17, 14, Syracuse is going to be in close games throughout the remainder of the season. So we got to get used to it. Another close game, but this time, finally, this time a win after three gut-wrenching losses by one possession. Syracuse finally pulls it out, moves to four and four on the season. Now, you can touch on a lot of things in this game, and we'll get to it here on Fizz Final, but you have to talk about that last play. Garrett Schrader takes a hit at the 45-yard line, 19 seconds to go. On a third down, nonetheless, chooses to heave it downfield and finds his receiver, Damian Alford. I don't know how you feel about Damian Alford with his 6'6 frame. I love what Alford could bring to this team as a guy that can go deep and, and, and leap above receivers for, for uh, you know, for passes because this is a guy that Syracuse hasn't really, you know, gelled into the system because he is a freshman but now that Taj Harris is gone trying to integrate him a little more I thought Damian Alford although that was his only catch of the day he proved his worth if he could be that kind of receiver for the Qs moving forward then I think you get your money's worth absolutely you also have to give a ton of credit to Garrett Schrader that that hit was it was obliterating he was Dino said afterwards that he was Garrett Trader was on the ground wheezing when Dino came out to him and was slapping him like, hey, you just threw a touchdown. Get up and be a hero because Schrader was gasping for air. And overall, just another heroic performance. He, he never he never disappoints except for against Clemson. But that's a front four full of guys that are going to play on Sundays. Garrett Trader, eh, quarterback on Sunday. I I don't really know about all that, but that's a conversation for another time because in college, he's amazing. 174 yards rushing and three touchdowns from this guy who took over the offense four weeks ago and has been making dudes bounce off of him ever since. He he is a a man amongst boys when he tucks tucks it and runs. And as for Damian Alford, it's it's another great piece, Cam, going back to what you were saying, because – Courtney Jackson emerges as well. Career highs, receptions, and receiving yards. Hopefully, this crew of I, – I, it's a patchwork crew of receivers. I, we're in the same boat with that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, hopefully this crew can start to really emerge as we get down the stretch and, and build some chemistry with Schrader because I think Jackson is at that point. And I think this wide receiver room is finally finding an identity uh, in an individualistic sense. So you talk about Taj Harris, when he was in the wide receiver room, that's wide receiver one. That's the guy that you're going to go to when you need something done in the receiving game. Now that he's gone, I think the big question was who's wide receiver one. 
But the answer is, does there have to be a wide receiver one? Each guy can play in their own role. Courtney Jackson is a great guy to run slant routes, short, you know, passing catches to get short, you know, first down yardage if you want to throw the ball. Damian Alford could go long. We saw it against Albany. We saw it in this game against Virginia Tech. If you need Anthony Queeley, and he's been pretty absent so far this season. Yeah, he had a couple of bad drops, though. Yeah. He, he had some bad yeah. drops. But I'm saying this is a guy that could, you know, play in the short game, maybe work the outsides. Syracuse is finding an identity in that wide receiver room, which two, three weeks ago, when Taj Harris was out of here, I don't think a lot of us could really say that would be the case. I think the, the big question mark is who's going to step up? Not these guys can find their roles, you know, in an individual sense. And yeah, we could talk about the wide receivers all we want. Garrett Schrader. 410 all-purpose yards. Just to put that into perspective, Virginia Tech had 437 as a team. And Garrett Schrader himself had 410 of the 551 total yards for Syracuse. He was phenomenal. It's a big reason why he's going to be QB1 moving forward and has been QB1 for the past couple of weeks. Schrader magic. That's the only way that I could put it because he was phenomenal in this game. And there's not a lot of things that you can knock him on because a career high in passing yards, yes, you can talk about the completion percentage, but you pick up a win. That's the difference between a good game and a great game. Schrader has had over 170 yards on the ground before. That was a good game because the win was not the result. That was a great game from Garrett Schrader because he was gutsy on calls, gutsy on throws. He kind of broke out of the hesitancy of not wanting to run the ball in the first half. And he let himself loose in the second half. That was one of the best performances that not just I've seen from Schrader, but I've seen from a Syracuse quarterback in the past couple of years. And Schrader is now kind of pulling the wool over our eyes because on, on the two other senses of the football defense and special teams, this was a bad game. This was uh, this was a, a beautiful offensive performance disguising what was pretty ugly on the, on the defensive side for Syracuse. I th- are we in the same boat there? Very. That, that might have been not just one of the worst defensive performances at time, not including that final stop in the fourth quarter. But if you have any bright spot for the special teams department after that game, you didn't watch the same game. Yeah, Syracuse gave up 260 rushing yards, um, and Virginia Tech on the season is averaging around 130. Malachi Thomas, a freshman who before yesterday's game had 11 carries for 48 yards, uh, ran the ball 21 times for 151 yards and three touchdowns. Like, who is this guy, and why is he running on Syracuse? And Raheem Blackshear, who's season high in rushing yards was like 50 something was averaging 7.8 yards per carry. What the, what in the world happened to Syracuse's rush defense? I really have no clue. That is one aspect of it. And then, and then, and then we get into the whole end of the first half. We get into the special teams and how awful Andre Schmidt has been. Oh my gosh. And James, well, James Williams had a 29-yard punt yesterday, and nobody's nobody's worried about it at all. It's so bad. I, I, it's it's really bad. These are the things that lose bad teams football games, and 
whether it's not game planning for Virginia Tech to put the ball on the ground. They only threw it 20 times. And, and Burmeister's arm, Braxton Burmeister is not a good quarterback when it comes to throwing the football, especially down the field. He's not consistent. He had one really nice deep ball where the receiver like kind of like maneuvered his backside inbounds and made the catch. Other than that, like Virginia Tech did not really impress me throwing the football. you got to make adjustments. Yeah, and it's about game planning against the opponent that you're going up against. It seems like Syracuse is throwing their guys out there on the defensive side, and maybe it's on Tony White being so stagnant with, well, we're playing the 3-3-5, and that's just what's going to happen. And it doesn't really matter who we're playing, but this is our formation we're putting forward, and these are the guys that we want in that lineup. Yeah, the defense was awful. There was a stat coming into the game that no Virginia Tech running back had over 60 yards in a single game. Malachi Thomas had 150 yards. I mean, two Virginia Tech running backs had over 60 yards. This rush defense is awful. Uh, Yes, you can credit the Virginia Tech offensive line, but I'm looking at this defensive line for Syracuse. Okay, you only rush three. These guys are fifth, sixth-year guys. Fifth and sixth-year guys that you're trying to rely on. You're trying to come back and make a statement. And what do you do? You allow this hokey team to run all over you. And yeah, in the special teams department, I mean, Andre Schmidt, when everything goes bad as a field goal kicker or just a kicker in general, your job is to at least subside the pain and you miss a 19 yard field goal off the post to end the half, even the blocked extra point that's on obviously the front, but you're Andre Schmidt and it's like nothing can go right. I mean, at this point, Syracuse was four for four on fourth downs. And I want to touch on this because the aggressive nature of what Dino Babers put forward ended up actually winning Syracuse the game when Babers should have lost Syracuse the game. I I want to have a discussion with you about this. Was Dino Babers aggressive because he was like, all right, I've been too conservative over the past couple of weeks. We're going to throw that out the door and just be aggressive. Or was he aggressive because he knew his special teams unit wasn't going to win him the game. I'm going to be honest. I think Dino Babers looked at, you know, certain fourth down opportunities and said, screw it. I think that he really looked on the field and said, it really doesn't matter. Our Mm -hmm. offense is the only thing that is keeping us in this game. No matter where we're at on the field, uh, this team is three and four. The only way that you're going to win in an ACC that's very odd this year is you just kind of got to try Uh, This has been trial and error year for Dino Babers after an awful season just a year ago. There there was a moment on the sideline where it was a fourth down and two in Syracuse territory, and Dino Babers, you you would see the instant reaction. All Dino Babers did was, go for it. They didn't give it a second thought. I think he's at that mode where it's like, screw it. You got to try everything because right now nothing was working coming into this game. Might as well try it. I I just, yeah, the special teams department is awful. I mean, I I wouldn't throw James Williams back out there ever. I don't care where you're at on the field. If you are at the Syracuse 40 onward, go for it. If it's short down yardage, you have two of the best backs and one of them is a quarterback in the entire ACC. Why throw out a guy that will most likely punt it between the range of 10 to 30 yards? There's a lot of things to touch up on. But yeah, I, I think that the aggressive nature was Dino Baber saying, hey, this is a trial and error past couple of games. We need something to push the momentum forward. I think Dino needs that momentum too. If we're talking about his job, if we're talking about, I mean, F- Babers and Fuente yesterday 
it seemed like whoever lost that football game was going to get a lot of bad vibes from uh, their respective coaching hometowns. And at least if you, you can't come back to Syracuse with a loss, I can, I can say that. And Justin Fuente is not going to have a nice end of the year in Blacksburg. I think we all know that by now. Yeah. He is, he's definitely going to be done because losing that kind of game. And I, let's, let's not say like, let's not just, glance over the fact that Virginia Tech's defense wasn't great either, but like you can't lose that football game if you're Justin Fuente. And if you're Dino Babers, you put Syracuse in a position, as you said, Cam, to blow this football game. The whatever happened at the end of the first half was disgraceful. That is terrible. How are, how are you going to have 13 guys on the field? How does that happen? <laughs> the whole crew. Everyone came down. That, that, is, that is out of a timeout. I, 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 there, are, there are times this season when I have I've, – I've looked at Dino Babers' coaching decisions, and I see no logic in them. I, I don't – I just don't understand what the heck is happening. And it's happened multiple times this year where Syracuse comes out of a timeout – does not know the play call and has to call another one. It happened against Wake Forest. It's, it's insane. Like how, how does that sort of stuff happen? Where is that disconnect? That is the kind of stuff that we talk about special teams. Those, those are other things, mental mistakes, the bad coaching, those things lose you football games and it's bad teams that lose because of them. Yeah, the mental lapses need to change for a Syracuse team that's four and four. Four games left on the season need at least two to make a bowl game. And now that it's realistic, this is where Dino Babers needs to not just save his job, but propel this team. Because if it wasn't realistic, we're all talking about, okay, Dino Babers either has to get out of here or Syracuse has to change something up or it's a lost season. Now that it's no longer a lost season, no excuse. And they've already changed something up. They put Schrader in. Right, like that—that that was the change. You don't fire your offensive coordinator. I mean, Sterling Gilbert. We are—we already know he doesn't do anything. But <laughs> you don't fire your offensive coordinator. You don't. You. I mean, you sure as heck don't fire Tony White. You fire your quarterback, right? You just got the veto out of there, and you—that—that that is the change you made. It was a good change. It, it was probably the. And when we look back at this season, if Syracuse is able to make a bowl game or even just win four or five games on the season, it's the change that you're going to look back on and hang your hat on. It's yeah. the change that is going to help this team moving forward, not just for this year, but for the years to come. And for Syracuse, a huge 41 to 36 win over Virginia Tech. I know that this is Fizz final about Virginia Tech, but Ian, I want you to touch a little bit on what Syracuse can expect from BC because now that bull eligibility is right around the corner. I need a little tidbit on what Fizz Nation can expect, or at least what Fizz Nation can look forward to because it's the Halloween home matchup back in the dome Syracuse against BC. I mean, in many ways, this is close to a must win because you have two ranked opponents to close out the season. Pitt is no walk in the park. NC state either uh, great, you know, great rushing attack on NC state. So with BC, what's to expect? Well, BC doesn't have Phil Dracovic this year, and that is definitely been the Eagles' downfall. Lost uh, 28-14 to Louisville yesterday. They're still winless in the ACC. And 
they try to hang their hat on the run game uh, with Pat Garwo the third. <laughs> That's a name for you. Um, <laughs> How about it? But yeah, yesterday he he had 15 carries for 86 yards against the Cardinals. But when things come down to it, Jeff Halfley has to go through the air because BC with its run game that's not that great, gets down early a lot. Uh, yesterday, Louisville outscored them in the second quarter, 14 to nothing. And, and that was pretty much the football game. Um, so you, you're leaning on a backup quarterback to throw the ball a lot. And usually in college, not a formula for success. Yesterday, Grossell, a touchdown and two picks, only 141 yards. So I think Halfley is really behind the eight ball this year because they don't have Jacob and People at the beginning of the year talking about, oh, this is a feisty BC team. They hung with Clemson. Eh, I mean, hanging with Clemson isn't that hard to do, if we're being completely honest. So especially in the Loud House, I think Syracuse should take this game. But again, the, the way Syracuse is playing, as I said off the top here, and the way Dino Babers is coaching, as we've hit on, every game is going to be a close game. It's, it's always unpredictable when this orange team is playing. But one, there are two things that you do know Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader are going to have good games. It's just about the pieces around if they can put it together and if Syracuse can pick up win number five. But what's important right now, Syracuse picks up win number four over Virginia Tech. This has been Fizz final following Syracuse's 41 to 36 win over the Hokies. For Ian Unsworth, I'm Cameron Ezer. We'll catch you next time.